0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm Joe McCall and I'm with the one and only Alex Youngblood. How are you, Alex? I'm good. The one and only Joe McCall. That's awesome to hear. And um, Alex, what's been going on with your world? Oh, well, let me tell you, because I always ask you that first and you always go first. I want to go first this time.
1: Is that all right? Okay, you go first. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: I just did a deal, made five grand and Yay! I didn't even, didn't even know about the deal until I got a message in Slack from my assistant with a screenshot of The Wire. And how cool is that?
1: Stuns. There's just silence because you're 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 just so. Amazing. I was adjusting my. I was adjusting the headset. Sorry. Say that one more time. Oh. <laughs> I lost it. We lost the dramatic. Uh,
0: that's all right. No. It's all right. But listen, I just did a deal. Made five grand. I didn't even know about the deal until we got the money. I heard that. That yeah. was amazing. Yes.
2: Gasp. Oh, <God. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love those kinds of deals. You know. And uh, yeah. I just, I just have a really good team. That's all I can say. You know, I had a great yeah. assistant. I got a great VA working with a great wholesaling partner. And uh, I did it. I, I did a case study on this deal just for this new promotion thing that I'm doing right now. And it's exciting. man. I love this business that you can actually do deals while not doing anything in your sleep, in your underwear. Uh, while, you can. While tra- you absolutely can while traveling around the the world. Even though I'm not traveling right now, but you can. So, Alex, what uh, what's been going on in your in
1: your world the last week or so since we talked? All right. So, you know what's you know what's funny or interesting. Um, you hear different objections to assignment of contract from from different sides of the spectrum, and then there's attorneys that just seem like they live to destroy deals, right? Yeah. So, and it's important to control the deal always because then you avoid this kind of thing. But I had a, a deal where I signed it. I ended up making like, uh, what was that? 12, 17, uh, about eight grand on it. It closed, uh, yesterday. But what happened was this attorney's like, wow, I don't think you can, you, you can, the assignment, you know, here is not going to work because the new owner uh, of the property i don't know if he can deduct this assignment fee from his basis so the real purchase price uh, i had the contract for 30 and assigned it you, you know so they were so they were all in the property at 40 and the and the attorney goes well uh, the real purchase price should be 40 and you should be uh, getting a $10,000 fee well that doesn't work then it would be a $50,000 thing wow so yeah, so that was the first time I heard uh, a uh, objection to an assignment based on a tax basis. He like, "Well, we're not we're not tax accountants, so we can't tell them either way." Well, then it's like, "Well, then what are you doing? Why are you even opening your mouth about <laughs> something that you have zero wow. idea about?" Wow, you know, it's like a home inspector that goes to a deal and he's like, "Well, I'm not an engineer or anything, but I think." And then they start you know, spewing stuff that makes absolutely zero sense, and they can scare away your buyer, right? Yeah, yeah. Same thing with that situation. Well, I'm not a tax attorney, but I think. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, and so and then they can't even give you the answer. They're like, we, we can't give you an answer on that. You need to go check with a, a tax accountant, right? So I thought the deal was going to fall apart, but uh, it actually ended up working out. But it was just like, "Oh man, so it's important to make sure that you control the deal and have the uh, closing at your uh, title companies that you are familiar working with because anytime an outside title company gets involved, yes, they can I mean but but this attorney is really known for blowing up deals. I mean i had I had a house once too, where same attorney, I was closing on the deal, and I was selling it. It was a wholesale, actually, meaning I bought the property wholesale and sold it semi-retail. So therefore, you have the blend wholetail. I went ahead and um, we got the, the buyer and the survey came back and they're like, well, there's a manhole in the middle of your front yard. They're telling this to the buyer. And we don't know whose property this is and who's going to service it and all this kind of thing. And, you know, you have a right to walk away from the deal on this. Yeah. So. We go, we go out, I send my guy out to the property. I'm like, um, what are they talking about? So he goes out to the property and on the property line off to the side, he goes, oh, here's the manhole. And he takes a picture. He puts his hand on top of this little old clean out that's there. He says, if it's a manhole, it must be a manhole for a midget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was nothing. You know, it's absolutely nothing. And uh, it's just, you got you to make sure you control the deal all the way through the process. Don't take for granted that the attorneys, especially if there's two opposing attorneys, that they're there to make the deal go through. Easily. Just,
0: yeah, yeah. Just today, or was it just, no, it was this morning. Um, a coaching client contacted me on Voxer and was asking me some questions. And he's got a property that he's marketing. He's already got some buyers interested in it. Actually, he's marketing the contract. And he was getting a lot of weird Absolutely. he was getting a lot of weird calls from other brokers cuz it's a smoking hot deal. Asking him, yeah. are you the owner? And um, he doesn't know what to stay, say and he's struggling with this and I think this
1: is common well, with a lot of Well, what you say? You say I'm the contract owner.
0: Well, I I asked I told him I said you should always answer questions with a question. <laughs>
1: Do you right? want me to be the owner? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: what do you? No, like, well, something like that. But like, maybe a good answer would be, well, what? What did I tell him? Now my mind is blank. But bottom line, it's just like, are Well, let, let me ask you something first. Are you interested in buying this house? Are you? Is this property for you? Okay, so you, you so turn it around. Completely pivoting. Well, it's like. It's answering their question with a question, and try to find out why right. they're asking. You could say, "Well, that's a great question. Tell me why are you asking?"
2: <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah.
0: Or it could be, "I'm in the middle of buying it right now. Why are you interested in buying it yourself?" Something like that. That's being in the
1: middle of buying it. That would come across a little. I don't know. But our MLS has a box, a check box that states contract owner sure right does yours have that uh
0: i think it does but if it doesn't you can easily write it into the description but this you know oh, right
1: this property is not saying, even if you're the contract owner sure i mean th- that's it i'm the contract owner very simple
0: but on this th- he's not even advertising this on the mls which by the way right And what, we're what gonna, i'm saying is
1: we're it's gonna, a term contract owner right we're going to get it. to
0: our guest in just a minute so sorry yeah, yes we will but i I wanted and maybe sterling has some uh good advice for us on this too but i think it's you got it you're absolutely right you've got to stay in control and not let people try to derail you and 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 um derail the deal you've got to stay in control when you answer these questions or when you get these questions asked you've got to find out why they're asking it you know and in this guy in particular if somebody were to ask me do you own this house i would say great question why are you asking are you interested in buying it? Do you have a client that's interested in buying it? See what they say. But it's never good to lie. We're never saying that you should lie, right? You've always got to be honest and not. tell the truth. Never, Right. And you say, well, I'm the owner on contract. I'm getting, I might buy it. I, I might not. I don't know yet. Are you interested? You could say something like that. One of my students. Are you interested? I could actually sell you the contract if you want. Exactly. Yeah. One of my uh, coaching clients is selling is flipping lease options in Florida and doing really really well. She's doing round robin auctions, okay? And these are not deals that she's staying in the middle. You know what she does? She gets a flat fee listing on each of her properties that she wholesales. She gets, she has a broker for $99. She an she's an agent. No, she's not an agent. Okay. She she has a broker there, an investor friendly broker that will do a flat fee listing for 99 bucks. And she fully discloses I'm owner by contract just like you were saying. And she does a flat fee listing on all of her deals, gets it on the MLS, totally open and transparent about everything, and has no problems at all. So, but anyway, something to chew on. This has been an age-old debate that's been going on for a long, long time, and the point is stay in control. So we have a guest, Alex. His name is Sterling White.
2: Sterling
0: White. Should we let him talk? That is me. (laughs) How are you doing, Sterling?
2: Welcome. Another day to enjoy this lovely universe. Welcome, world, to the most interesting podcast.
0: There you go. Wow. We should record that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Sterling, where are you from, man?
2: Based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, in all the areas that investors like to shy away from when it comes to buy and hold and fixing and flipping. So, are you saying
0: War people- Zones? Yeah. War
2: Zones. That is correct.
0: Are you saying they're, tr- they're avoiding Indianapolis or avoiding the areas in Indianapolis?
2: The areas that I grew up in. Okay. In Indianapolis.
0: <laughs> and so are you there now?
2: I am in Indianapolis now, correct. Not in any of the war zones. I've avoided those at okay. this point in time.
0: All right, all right. And so um, tell me, Sterling, you were, we were just talking. Your, your business partner is working on a, um, a big 50-unit complex or apartment building or something like that right now, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're officially under cr- contract on the property in, in the due diligence period and simply doing uh, going through all the financials and sending it over to our banker so we can look into uh, what type of financing we can get on the asset.
0: Nice. So you're actually doing some bigger deals. Talk about, can you rewind a little bit? How did you find out about real estate and what got you interested in it?
2: That is a a great question and I would say the universe is one way I don't want to get off philo- philosophical but I've always been <laughs> always been in the entrepreneur r- realm and yep. I'd say my late 20s well my early my late teens early 20s is when I got into uh, real estate on the construction side uh, a friend of mine was doing it and that's generally how I had got started into the industry.
0: Okay. What year was that again?
2: That was about 2009, right after uh, everything went sour in the market.
0: Okay. Okay. Was Indianapolis hit pretty hard?
2: No. In Indianapolis, it's pretty stable market. We don't see huge swings in appreciation. And so when a downturn does happen to happen, we are affected but it's not what you would see in maybe a California or an Arizona where there's huge dips.
0: Okay. And so what did you start doing in 2009?
2: I was doing construction. So I was uh, bricklaying and also uh, doing masonry work on commercial projects, fire stations, doing demo work on churches. So that's what, where I was getting my hands dirty and, After that, I had actually met a mentor of mine who was the developer of historic apartment buildings in downtown Indianapolis and was actually able to uh, get in the inner workings of his management company and really learned a lot from that individual. And at that same time, he was looking to jump into single family homes. And that's when I actually brought a deal to him and instead of taking a wholesale fee, I uh, I simply took equity and the rest is history. From there, it's like wow, this this was my aha moment.
0: Nice, good. And so, what have you been? Well, what'd you do in the years, the next few years after that?
1: Hold on, Joe. Yeah. So, so what you're saying, Sterling, instead of taking any kind of an assignment fee or selling the contract, you basically said, "I'm gonna give you this deal." But you're going to give me a percentage of ownership, and that's the way it's going to work. And that is correct. So, whether they sold it, held it, whatever it, you were going to get a cut of it.
2: That is correct. And this was about 2013 when that's
0: was actually pretty cool. So, yeah, that's long term. What's the
1: phrase? Long term gain versus short term. Well, short-term. it's short term too. Because, so would you do this with rehabbers too?
2: I. I've done some JVs with fix and flip in the, that round, but not so, so much anymore. Is that what you're could.
1: To? you yes. could? You yes. could. So you could take this and you could say, okay, hey, Mister Rehabber, I'm going to give you. I bought this deal for ninety seven thousand, and you could flip it. You know, after you put forty into it for two hundred and twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. So let's run some quick numbers on that. So let's say. Let's say somebody is able to do that. So, 220 times 0.91 is 200,000 minus 40,000 in rehab is 160 minus 97, Leave $63,000 before the cost of money on the deal, depending on the contract or the uh, rehabber's source of funds. So, you could say, um, I'm going to give you this deal at 97, but I want. 25 percent uh ownership in the property you're not saying 25 percent of the profits in the deal although he's going to have to pay you ownership mm-hmm. of the property to go I, I don't know that's just the thought i had that's that's interesting i love so, it
0: that's more than interesting that's fantastic i mean that's like you like that joe huh I do. because <laughs> if you've got a smoking hot deal why would you just sell
1: it for a $5,000, $10,000 well, assignment fee. your assignment fee has to be better. I mean, you you got to have a good assignment fee. But what I'm saying is if you were to duplicate what you wanted to do, like if you were selling it on a contract assignment, um, and at 97,000 and you're able to make 20,000 or 25,000 up front, that means that you have to sell that deal for 122,000, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're selling at 122 and taking on an assignment fee up front, let's say $122, i am trying to think now what would that percentage equal
0: while, in while, the term
1: of ownership. While,
0: while you're thinking, it reminds me, yeah. Sterling, of Steve Cook, a friend of mine, one of my mentors in the business. He created a course program called Debt-Free Investing, and it was all yes. about a similar thing of investing, building a a portfolio of rental property by partnering with local investors, not borrowing money, but finding the good deals, then finding investors to partner with on the deals. And that's the only way it works is if you bring them good deals with good equity, good cash flow, And the basic premise of it is you, let's say you find, you want to build a portfolio of 10 free and clear rental properties without using any of your own cash, without going into debt. How do you do that? Well, you want to you want to build a portfolio of ten. What you do is you go out and you find twenty properties, really good properties, mm-hmm. lots of equity, lots of cash flow, and you find an equity partner to partner with you on the deal. They provide the cash; you split the equity and the cash flow fifty-fifty. So you have a fifty percent ownership in each property, and there's a clause in there that you'll manage the property and all that. You know, since since you're the experienced guy, you provide the uh, the management and and the other investor who's bringing the money gets their returns first or whatever, however you work it out. But then there's a clause that after a certain number of years, either partner can get out by offering 50% of the equity to buy out for 50% of the equity. So what you could theoretically do is you have 20 properties. And let's say you were doing this all with just one partner. You could say, all right, I'm done. You pick the best 10 and I'll take the other 10, right? Right. And now you Mm -hmm. have 10 free and clear properties that you own 100%. I don't know if that all makes any sense, but it's the same concept of what you've just been talking about, Sterling. That's that's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. In fact, if you ever had a problem with assignments um, with anybody or any issues or things like that, you could always flip to this and say, okay. Fine, I'm not gonna do an assignment, I'm gonna do equity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and and that with the assignment fee, that's more that's there's more taxes involved in that versus yes. just equity. Yeah, the passive income approach. Taxes. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, let's I get to
1: taxes. Hey, guess what day it is? <laughs> it's <laughs> tax day.
2: Yes, it is. It's, it's the deadline <laughs> today, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let's change the
0: subject. Yeah, let's go. So so Sterling, so that was like 2013. Um, If you don't mind me asking, like, how many of those deals, like partnering equity deals, have you done? Were you averaging maybe a a month or a year during that time?
2: I would say with that specific partner, it was, well, that mentor was just two that I'm in the, the buy and hold. But with the other partner, when we were doing turnkeys, we're selling well over hundreds, but that's a whole separate model.
0: Okay. So do you want to talk about that right now? Yeah.
2: So I transitioned from that mentor and what I was doing uh, here in Indianapolis with another operator is we were uh, my current partner and I in the current company where we were just buying a property that was in distressed condition renovate it and then selling it to investors across the, the world and internationally. And, but with that, that was highly taxable income on that.
0: Okay, sure. And are you, are you still doing that today?
2: Right now we've, uh, my partner and I took a, a approach, a pivot in our model. And instead of taking that surplus up front with the Turkey uh, model is we'll similar to what you were mentioning with your mentor is we'll buy 10 properties, we'll renovate them, lease them, and then we'll allow outside investors to invest in that portfolio for equity, and our company will also retain equity as well and manage them and deal with the day-to-day and have full control over what goes on with those properties, well, the decisions.
0: All right. So you said you flipped hundreds of these turnkey properties.
2: Mm -hmm. Correct.
0: That's a lot. Talk about, uh, Sterling, how you found those deals.
2: Mostly was during that time was the highly effective route was signs. Bandit signs was tremendous. That was huge. In addition to the yellow letters was highly effective during that time. Now, it's more so of the direct mail is really effective in our market. And also utilizing online channels such as Facebook ads and What is it? Squeeze pages uh, to generate leads.
0: I like talking about Facebook ads. (laughs) So, are you have you cracked the code with Facebook ads for sellers?
2: Not just yet. I'm still have Have you implemented the lead forms into uh, your ads? No. Have you to be performing
1: way way better than sending them to a site actually. Because it it automatically populates their information, and all they have to do is put in what they want to know. <laughs> so <laughs> rather than go to a site and
2: be converted, it's just right there off the ad.
0: Explain what that is.
2: Yeah, so the the lead form essentially is when the ad pops up in their native news feed, they go and click, and they're interested. It says uh, sell your house in Indianapolis. They click. And to learn more in their information, their address, and this is back-end work too, you have to actually put in what you would want from the seller, if that would be their first name, last name, property address, that it automatically populates into the form and then the person can hit done and then it goes straight to your Facebook, your, your back-end, if that makes sense. And, it, and you have all your leads and you could just simply download them in the spreadsheet.
0: Okay. I'm sorry if you already said this, but does it automatically tie into your email autoresponder?
2: I do not believe so. What when, when I've been testing it, it does not. I've and there there may be a route to do that, uh, but I've just seen it go to uh your your back end and then you can basically download in a CVS, I believe it's what it or C S V format, and then look at all the leads in that spreadsheet.
0: Okay. All right. And you can probably just manually add that into your autoresponder if you have a good relationship Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're doing direct mail as well. Uh, What percent of your leads are coming from direct mail?
2: I would say about 60%, 60 to 65% of our leads are coming from direct mail.
0: Okay. And do you mind, can you tell us a little bit about your favorite lists?
2: Our favorite lists are absentee owners.
0: Wow. Most people say that's it's not our
1: favorite list.
2: Old absentee letter. <laughs> yeah. And we also do the driving for dollars as well in specific neighborhoods. And we'll see that this house is distressed, this house is distressed. And then we'll pull a specific list. And then we'll, uh, instead of, if we do a blanket absentee owners, we may just uh, target with postcards. But then when it's more targeted with driving for dollars, we'll actually handwrite the letter.
0: Okay, and then um, what do you, do you is there a particular type of direct mail piece you like to send?
2: With the uh, with the yellow letter, it's just as simple. We would like to buy your house at one two three Main Street. Uh, we are highly interested buyers. We can close in five to seven business days with cash. Here's my number at the bottom.
0: Nice and simple.
2: Mm-hmm. All right,
0: and what kind of neighborhoods are you targeting now?
2: So we target C class type neighborhoods, working class uh, where the medium income is between about 25 to about 40,000.
0: Nice. All right. Where let's talk about buyers and these partners that you're that you're partnering with. How do you go about finding these buyers and these partners for your deals?
2: I would say a huge resource is, and you may be familiar with this platform as well, is BiggerPockets.com.
0: I don't I'd never heard of them. <laughs> Get out of here. No way.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Well, you're active on Bigger Pockets. I remember that's one of the first ways that uh when, when we were first talking, Sterling, you were talking about your involvement with Bigger Pockets. So you're very active in there.
2: hmm Yeah. And it's just simply not not only being involved with the community and building a personal brand for yourself and getting noticed. If you jump on bigger pockets and you you're blogging, you're also in the forums day to day, creating value for individuals. You then become a trusted figure and a key person of influence. Essentially, is what people would view you as and say and, and they're thinking and their their their. Uh, I would say their frame of mind is this person is pretty trustworthy. They know their stuff. I I feel comfortable with investing with that individual.
0: You know, I'm looking at your blog. You have some really good blog posts in there. And there's a picture of you, case study, how I bought my first apartment building with pictures. And there's an apartment building in the background. That's pretty cool, man.
2: Yeah, creating as much value as you can. Are you familiar with uh, Jab, Jab, Right Hook by Gary V? Yes. Yes. So that's my whole philosophy is creating as much value and in return, if someone, yeah, they'll, they'll decide to, you create enough value and in return, so the, the leads will come in basically.
0: The six biggest lessons I learned by acquiring my first apartment building, 18 simple marketing strategies to get your real estate brand noticed, how the rise of artificial intelligence will disrupt your rental portfolio. That's interesting. What, what were you talking about there?
2: I, I'd have to go back to that article. Let me yeah,
1: it was so good.
2: <laughs> it, it's been a little while. It, it but, I, but one of my, in and, and this is what I believe the angle that I had took in that is, it depends on what demographic of uh, properties that you're acquiring. But with the rise of these robots is replacing these certain jobs. And if... These people are losing. Uh, if these people are out of jobs, then how are they essentially going to be paying rent? So that that was that main premise oh, okay. of that article. You know,
0: <laughs> it reminds me. I don't know how many how many blog authors are there. Do you know in the Bigger Pockets blogging community?
2: Mm, on the the main blog, or there's also a member blog too.
0: Well, I think it's the Bigger Pockets blog. That's where other people. Like you have to be kind of pre-approved to submit blog posts to that,
2: right? Yes. I would say under 20, 25 individuals on the main blog.
0: Okay. (laughs) About two or three, maybe four years ago, there was somebody I knew, and I won't say who, who was a regular (laughs) contributor to the blog. And I found out later, Um, he's not doing it anymore. He was getting his, he or her, she was getting their, their, uh, <laughs> they had a VA, a virtual assistant that was writing all the blog posts for them and they would just go to YouTube and find really popular trending videos related to real estate and would <laughs> take, write, write the blog posts from those videos
2: and, oh, uh, wow. you know,
0: and put them into uh, the bigger pockets blogs.
2: All right. Well, th- those must have been very generic and broad. Uh, well, I think that's why. It.
0: I think it's why he's not doing it anymore.
2: <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't I mean I. I never read any of them, but um, that's talk about outsourcing everything. That's how you do it. You you outsource your own writing. <laughs> but yeah uh, <laughs> uh, bigger pockets is a good fantastic site. It's a really good site. In fact, we've interviewed Brandon Turner before on the podcast. super nice guy and uh, you know it's it's a really good quality uh, website I, I I like the site. I recommend it to everybody, especially new beginning investors. Check out bigger pockets and it's uh, free. Uh, yeah yeah say hello free to, to them out. say hello to them for <laughs> me. I'm not very active on there but it's it's a good sight.
2: What's going on, Joe? Why aren't you active on bigger pockets?
1: <laughs> uh, there's only so much time in the day. That yes, is true. Yes, it's
2: true. I agree.
0: And sometimes <laughs> it can get pretty vicious in there, you know, they don't like gurus and coaches and podcasters. So <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'd rather not get into those kinds of arguments and debates and
1: having to defend myself and all that stuff. <laughs>
2: How about you, Alex? Are you on that platform?
1: I have not been on there in a long time. All right. I can have my own platform. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Have you been in my group? I have not been in your group. You sailing able- houses full time. We're All about right. to crack thirty thousand members on there. Check it out.
2: Yeah.
0: Twenty nine 90- Facebook group? Yes. It's probably the biggest, most active Facebook group. For wholesalers on Facebook, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
0: For the most part, Alex does a good job with keeping the uh, keeping the conversation civil in there. I guess yeah. I say.
1: <laughs> for the most part, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's hard yeah. to do, man. It's a it's a tough job, it is. you know. And, and it I, is. I can imagine too, the guys at Bigger Pockets have a hard time
1: dealing with that as well. You know, just how it is but online. Bigger pockets is not as social, though, as well, my group. I mean, it 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 can be
0: if you are into bigger
1: pockets. Can they? <laughs> Does it? People post and then it gets crazy and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I am not
0: in any social media online forum very much, except my own coaching hmm. group. But um, you know, you can find really good things on bigger pockets and you can find good things on wholesaling houses full time. In fact, one of the best ways to use these tools and this relates ties it back into what we were just talking about uh, is to find people to network with and partner with on deals. I've met many people that are selling houses on bigger pockets. They're finding investors, oh, oh yeah. they're finding lenders, they're finding buyers. They are selling properties and finding other wholesalers to partner with on bigger pockets and wholesaling houses full- time so yeah I definitely encourage everybody to plug in and and get involved with these sites just be nice for God's sake just be nice to people okay you can't don't don't feel like you can hide behind a computer screen and just be all nasty it's that <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what annoys me
2: and uh, Joe, and Joe what are some things or from from your context on so your audience that I could provide some practical type knowledge on maybe uh, acquiring a property, doing the underwriting uh, that you believe I can create value in.
0: Well, that's a good question. and you know, maybe what we could do is let people who are watching this or listening to this podcast go to the show notes at real com and leave a comment or a review for Sterling in just look up this podcast. I'm not sure what the number will be, but if you go to the search box realestateinvestingmastery.com, do a search for Sterling, you'll find this podcast. Leave a comment in there and let us know what what you think Sterling could talk about. And maybe Sterling you can do a new blog post about that in bigger pockets. And one thing that I will do, I think there's a page can't we link to a page from you for all of the blog posts that you have done? I'm just looking here. You have an author page. Yes, mm-hmm. here it is you have an author page. It's biggerpockets.com slash renews, RENewsblog.com, R-E-news blog slash author slash Sterling White slash. So I'll repeat that again, and I'll put this link in the show notes, biggerpockets.com slash RENewsblog slash author slash Sterling White. And all of your articles are in here, and you have like a gazillion of them. You have about Eleven or twelve pages of about ten
2: <laughs> articles each. Good for you. Yeah, I, pat, I pound those out. Value, value, value is what I what I go for as much as I can uh, push out. And you write them yourself. Correct. Okay. And <laughs> I, it takes me forever because I am not the best writer. And also, uh, when you send it over to Bigger Pockets, they have a editor that also assists too. Nice.
0: Well, nice, man. And uh, you've done over 100 single-family homes nationwide, it says here. You've been investing at an early age since 2009. And Holdfolio Mm -hmm. is uh, a name that was on your – is that one of the main sites to reach you at? Yes. Holdfolio? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. H-O-L-D-F-O-L-I-O.com. Holdfolio.com.
2: Perfect.
0: Cool, man. So um, I, I do have to get going. I'm going out to lunch with my wife in a little bit here. Sterling is oh, there. Nice. We try to do it every week. Sterling, um, how else can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about you, how you do these bigger deals?
2: Yeah, you can, um, at, you can visit my Facebook page, which has a 100% responsiveness. So I do answer all messages. Uh, but my Facebook page is Sterling Fan. Sterling fan white fan Sterling white fan. Okay. Excuse me. Sterling white fan.
0: Sterling white fan. So st- Facebook.com slash Sterling white fan. Cool. Mm-hmm. And uh hold is one of your sites.
2: That is correct.
0: looks like a nice site. And then I will, I will bookmark your bigger pockets page as well on here.
1: Perfect.
2: Cool. Anything else, Sterling? No, just keep being awesome, Joe, and I, I greatly appreciate you uh, having me on this podcast. Yeah, good to
1: have you, man. Cool. Anything else, Alex?
2: Nothing else from me. All righty. Perfect. Well, you guys have a lovely day and keep up the hustle.
0: All right, Sterling. Just good too, talking man. to you, man. I, I feel kind of bad that we didn't that Alex and I were talking so much on this podcast. Hope-
1: <laughs> we can bring them back again for another one if we want more of a technical aspect. Round two. Well, Sterling, do you, <laughs> do you, do you,
0: maybe we should talk about this offline, but do you have more stuff you can share and teach, teach us about?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm more than happy to.
0: All right. Well, let's do a part two because I do, I do feel bad. I feel like I'm cutting this short. We're only like 40 minutes into this podcast. And uh, so let's talk offline real quick, Sterling. And uh, we'll bring you on for part two. And let's spend more time getting into the technical details of how you find your deals, how you finance them, uh, how you do some of your bigger deals and things like that. Is that all right?
2: Yeah, that'll be perfect, Joe.
0: All right, Sterling. We'll talk soon. See you guys. Hey, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the show notes and get all the links that we talked about with Sterling. Go check him out on BiggerPockets. Just go to BiggerPockets, do a search for Sterling White, and you'll find his info there. Or go to his Facebook page at Sterling White Fan. All right. We'll see you guys. Take care.